Yo, yo, yo. No song today. A little, little bit more of a somber mood. It's your boy, Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. This is Boys Will Be Boys. Ben, we had a we had a whole agenda laid out. We're going to have a, a pretty good time on the podcast tonight, but got hit with a bombshell about, I guess, like an hour ago. Yeah, just 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 over an hour ago. Um you know, we've we've never come in cold like this into a song, but uh this is such breaking news and honestly sad news that uh neither me or Andy really felt appropriate dropping some um rap bars on on all y'all as as is per usual. So um, without teasing any further, Goat, do you want to go ahead and, and give us what has transpired and we'll walk you guys through it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's really, there's really no easy way to talk about this. Um, so we, we know that, you know, at the end of camp in Oxnard, uh, all pro center, Travis Frederick had complained of some, some loss of strength in his arms. Um, you know, some, some symptoms of what people were calling a stinger. Uh, which for for people who don't know what that is, that's a pretty common football injury. Uh, it has to do with just kind of nerve damage from repeated contact. Um, Travis went and got checked out by a, a surgeon, said his back was going to be fine, his neck was fine. So people had kind of moved past that. We had Jerry come out the other day and say that he was expected to play week one. Everyone right. was kind of like, cool. It, it it was almost a, a precautionary injury, right? Everything yeah. you're hearing about it was, well, yeah, we're, you mean there's concern there, but, you know, we're, he's expected to play opening night. Like you said, Jerry came out. Um, by all accounts, it just seemed something minor. You know, we were, yeah. we were fearing kind of the worst was maybe he does need surgery and he'll miss, you know, a month or two or, or something while he recovers from shoulder surgery. And, 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 and I guess the real, the warning sign was that, uh, after going and seeing a specialist in LA, the team came back to Frisco and Travis decided to go get a, another opinion, um, which kind of should have, I guess, been a red flag as to like, clearly there was something going on that I always felt uneasy more, about it. I think we said that yeah. on the last pod. It just didn't, it just didn't sound right, you know? And, uh, this is a tough guy, man. Like Travis doesn't miss time. This isn't a dude that gets turf toe and, doesn't want to practice like right so they had they had asked jason about it and he did his typical uh robot no comment which is probably appropriate now seeing as what transpired and then yeah andy as of about 90 minutes ago uh yeah, i'll guess i'll read the statement from here, travis uh, travis frederick gave a official statement on his twitter and is now being confirmed obviously by team and team officials but yeah we'll read the statement um statement from travis frederick after a very extensive examination and discovery process over the past few weeks, I've been diagnosed with having Guillain-Barre syndrome. And I'm so sorry if I mispronounced that, guys. It's two French doctors' names, um, which is an autoimmune disease. In the last 48 hours, I have received two treatments that address my condition, and I am feeling much better from an overall strength perspective. I will continue these treatments over the next few days. I'm very optimistic about my condition in the immediate future, as I have been told that the illness was detected at a fairly early stage. My doctors have told me that it is not possible to determine a timetable for my return to the field right now, but I am hopeful that I will be able to play as soon as possible. I am deeply grateful for all the people who have expressed concern for me throughout the past four weeks. 
My teammates and the Dallas Cowboys organization have provided me and my family with tremendous support. Travis Frederick. So, uh, as soon as this dropped, I, I went and you know did I think some. The first thing, right, is everyone looks up is what the hell is this? What is this Gillian Barre syndrome? Um, so it's a it's an auto like you said it's an autoimmune disorder. Um, it's basically a, a disorder where your immune system uh, mistakenly attacks uh, nerve endings that are not on, connected directly to your spinal column. So. Um, what that normally means is that they attack your extremities, your legs and your arms, uh, which explains the loss of strength, uh, in his arms that Travis was feeling, uh, at the end of camp. Um, the, the scary and kind of, I guess not scary, but just kind of frustrating part of this, uh, not only from a, obviously you don't want to see anyone that's as high quality human being as Travis Frederick go through anything like this. And he's got a family, um, you know, this turns the guy's life upside down. Uh, he's Travis has never had a whiff of anything controversial. He's been a kind of a boring player, which is how you want your offensive lineman, right? His name never gets said. Um, he's just a tremendous asset to the organization. He's been a, a rock in the middle of the offensive line since the day he was taken. Um, what makes this just a mystery is that the, the cases that we've looked at so far, this is all over the board. So, there are people who, who get this disease, um, they get treated, they have a fairly mild version, uh, and within a couple weeks they've recovered and they continue to do these treatments and everything it pretty much returns to normal. And in that situation, Travis could, you know, we could foresee a, a situation where Travis plays football again. There are other situations where it takes people years just to get out of this acute phase. Uh, and then they're never truly returned to the person they were before. Um, there are people that walk with a walker for the rest of their life, having been a completely healthy 23-year-old human being uh, just uh, a couple days before um, their their diagnosis or discovery they had this disease. So um, it's a total shot in the dark. Neither of us are doctors, so we're not going to pretend to have any understanding of a timetable or, or whether or not, you know, when or if we're ever going to see Travis Frederick put on the star again. Um, but for a team that, you know, kind of always seems to get a swift kick right before the season starts. Um, this is, this is a tremendous blow. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you feel for Travis, I mean, anybody who would, who would get something like this, um, it, it just sounds you know, like one of those things, as you're saying, frustrating, probably from his point of view too, not really knowing what to expect, you know, the unknown. And this is a a kid who's in the prime of his career, um, has been wildly successful within that career. And now his whole life is upside down. I mean, me and Andy were looking at, and once again, I mean, a lot of this is done on quick Google research and, and reading a few articles here and there, but there are cases where rare cases where people die. There are cases where people never walk again. Um, so I mean, you just got to feel for for what he's probably going through. And um, I, I just want to say, I think it's classic the organization let him kind of relay this to the world in, in his words when he wanted to. And that statement we read was very, uh, I think, succinct of the type of person that Travis is always been reported to be it was very optimistic but truthfully is 
we probably don't know, and he probably doesn't know what's what's in the future for Travis Frederick. I think I think the the two comments I'll make are that one, um, if there's a any kind of part of this you can call lucky, it's that they seem to have caught it fairly early. Um, which, when it comes to anything like this, any chronic illness, um, it's always better to know earlier rather than later. Um, you know, the only situation you know in football that this really reminds me of is. Um, is Eric Berry. Um, you know, Eric Berry, all pro safety, prime of his career, um, diagnosed with uh, lymphoma. It, yeah, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just another guy who, beyond the football field, um, very Does similar to Travis, and that is just like, this is, this is obviously a top-tier football player who does everything you would want on the field, but then takes it that extra step and is everything you'd want as a human being who wears your uniform. Um, and the chiefs, you know, the chiefs organization, the chiefs fan base, um, you saw the best of, of humanity rally around Eric Berry as he went through, uh, you know, multiple rounds of chemo recovery and, and he was able to come back and, and perform at a high level and become back player of the year. Um, we obviously hope to that, that you know that Travis's journey is is at best you know much shorter and not as dramatic, um, but at worst we we hope that you know it's it's similar. Um, it's 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 truly a tragedy, and not from a not because we're we're Cowboys fans and we want our center out there, which of course we do. Um, but I think that it's because you know me and Ben have have followed Travis's career since the day he was taken by the Cowboys. Um, I think we were probably sitting. Uh, we were either on a couch next to one another or, you know, on the phone with one another when Travis's name was called. Uh, we were not happy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we hey, traded. Center, centers aren't sexy picks. Centers we traded, sexy out of, picks. I think, the 18th pick, and the Niners took Eric Reed, who we wanted desperately at the time. Wouldn't mind him. Wouldn't mind having him now. Wouldn't mind and, having him now. Uh, then we took Frederick, and it, it was just one of those. Everyone said we overdrafted. We just got no line, and it didn't you know, seemed to be great. And obviously then, you know, he was what, I think he's been a pro bowler since the day this kid stepped on the NFL field. Yeah. Um, so incredible player, incredible human, you know, by all accounts of, of everything you see. And it's, uh, I don't know, man, it's just sad. I mean, it's just fucking sad. And yeah. we wish four time, four time pro bowler, uh, three time all pro and all rookie team his first year. Um, 80, yeah. 80 games played, 80 games started. So just, you know, absolute rock-solid player from day one. Yeah, and, and as you're saying, I'm sure the the NFL community hopefully is, you know, sending tweets his way and Instagram and calls. And uh, I bet, you know, it's a, it's a scary time for him. But um, we did read some dark side – I don't want to say side effects, but uh, possibilities or outcomes. But – there's also from some brief reading, it does seem that 80 plus percent of people who have been diagnosed with this uh, do continue to walk through the rest of their life so they don't go paralyzed. Um, you know, there's some some it's hard to say positive, Andy, but there's it, it you know, there does seem to be some chances that he can still live a relatively healthy life. Now, I also believe, Andy, that I saw that this is incurable. So even if yeah. he does able to return to full strength or 
as full strength as he can get that he's going to have to live with treatment the rest of his life. And in mild cases, like Andrew's saying, that's fine. Um, so we wish the best. We hope that he gets there. And, um, you know, I, I, it's a delicate situation, but you do have to now pivot Andy on, on, um, if we don't have Mr. Fred Beard out there on the field now, um, what does that mean for this team? Well, um, you know, there's there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, you know, you and I have both watched Cowboys teams without a great center, uh, and it's not pretty. You got snaps going over people's heads. Uh, you got false starts. Um, center is a very, very crucial position on an offensive line. He's the anchor of the whole thing. Um, now, we are fortunate in that, uh, Joe Looney has played significant time at center this preseason. Um, he definitely looks serviceable. He's not going to compare to Travis Frederick, who we just read his, his and by resume. all accounts, it does look like he is slated to be the starter. Um, yeah. You know, I think that that will be the, the logical choice. I don't think they'll do any shuffling. I think we'll see Looney out there. He's a veteran. So, but now you worry a little bit about the rest of the line. I mean, Tyron oh, yeah. Smith has had significant, uh, back injury problems the last couple seasons. Uh, Zach Martin left the game on Sunday night with, or Saturday night with uh, a minor knee injury. Tur- thank God that turned out to be okay. Turned um, out to be minor, hopefully. But, you know, this is a, a position group that just a couple years ago had almost never missed a game and was absolutely the banner strength of this team. Um, and now there's just a little bit of uncertainty. Um surrounding all three of the major all pros uh, that make up this line. Um, that's going to mean there's going to be, you know, significant scrutiny on all of them. Um, it means that, you know, the second that Tyron gives up a sack, they're going to wonder about his back. Uh, it means that every time a run up the middle doesn't go perfectly, Joe Looney's going to catch flack. They're going to talk about Frederick. Um, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on uh, rookie Connor Williams and, and um, Dak. Honestly. And Dak and, and Lel Collins. I mean, we're going to have uh, – this offensive unit took a big blow. That's for sure. Um, well, uh, and, and it wasn't without questions to begin with. Yeah, this – you know, the one thing that we talked about all offseason and really the last couple years was that, well, we know the O-line's good. No, scratch that. We know the O-line's great. Like, it's the premier strength of this team without question when all three of those guys are on the field regardless of who the two guys are next to them. And, you know, I mean, as I said, we already already feel for Travis, but if he's not out there, they take a significant step back. And and if Tyrone has lingering issues, then all of a sudden something that was perceived as a strength, Andy, becomes a real point of concern yeah. uh, like that. Especially with the way that this team's built. I mean – it's one thing if you need to slot in guys that can pass protect and stuff, but this is a team built around the run. And if that, if you lose offensive line, you are significantly diminished in your capacity to run the football. Yeah. I mean, that that's the whole game plan, right? Is that we have a badass O line and a badass running back and we're going to beat you over the head with 25, 30 carries up the gut every game. And, uh, that'll still be their strategy. Look, we don't want to. I don't want to go full doomsday here, and um, you know, we will pivot and, and try to get to some things that we we liked about the 
preseason game two. Um, but you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a big uh, concern now moving forward with this uh, entire team. And um, I just, you know, feel feel for Frederick and those guys in that locker room. You know, yeah, and and you know, let's just let's just put an underline on this. Um, if Travis Frederick can never play a down of football again, but he can live a relatively normal life, I'm okay with that. Absolutely. Um, Travis has given years, you know, five amazing top tier, as much as you could possibly have asked years to the Dallas Cowboy organization. And we will forever be thankful for that. And I will say this, if this ends Travis Frederick's playing career, I hope that they consider him for the ring of honor just based on what he's done already, because I'm pretty sure we all know that Travis Frederick at full strength would have been one of the best people to ever put on the star period. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can get behind that sentiment. So, um, you know, moving, moving forward, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to monitor that and then see what Looney can do. I mean, the NFL always exists, this next man up mantra and maybe something like that unifies a team the way the chiefs were super unified after the Eric Berry incident that goat uh, mentioned earlier in the pod. So we'll, we'll, we'll just have to see, we'll just have to see, but uh, you know, get, get, get healthy out there, Fred. And um, I guess Andy, if do we want to, we want to try and jump into some game two and some, some yeah, tape? I mean, you know what, like as much as we could probably just sit here and just mope, honestly, because it is that big a tragedy. Like, we know that people listen to this podcast as they want the latest on everything Cowboys, not just what's going to make me cry into my pillow tonight. So, yeah, <laughs> let's let's try to let's try to pivot a little bit. Um, you know, we did have we do have a lot of stuff to talk about uh, outside of what happened an hour ago. So, preseason game two. Um, you know, week two saw uh, the Dallas Cowboys play against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, again, saw a lot of starters. Ben, we saw what a proud of a full quarter and maybe an extra series um, out of the ones, at least on offense. Yeah. Yeah. I think once again, the only big names missing were uh, Fred, obviously uh, Zeke did not play again, which I'm completely okay with. And yep. Sean Lee and, and no Cole okay, Beasley uh, and Cole. That's right. And I was okay with all of them sitting, yep. you know I mean? You want to, you know, the, 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 the double-edged sword of preseason is you want to sharpen your guys and get them ready for the regular season, but you also don't want to put them in situations where they can get hurt and we'll say a non-meaningful game. Yeah. And, and so, I think that was, that was underlined when we saw uh, Zach Martin, you know, go down momentarily. Um, yeah. That did not all, look good at first. All of Cowboys nation was pretty, you know, whenever you see a guy touch his knee, the knee is just the last, feet, the very last thing. Uh, that you want to see, and and oh, by the way, Ben, uh, one note: Sean Lee did play actually. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he had a tackle, that. one tackle. My fault. My fault. I think he, I think he just played the first quarter. Um, but we, yeah, let's let's get right into it. Um, so the they uh the fir- the ones played a full quarter. Um, they played three three had three full drives, uh, scored on two of them. Um. You know, another another pretty effective night from Dak Prescott. Uh, 10 of 15, 86 yards, a touchdown uh, to Terrence Williams on a kind of a broken play. Dak, uh, Dak managed to scramble outside and, and hit a nice pass, uh, just a quick uh, over, the, over the blitzing linebacker to 
Uh, Terrence Williams in the end zone. Nice body catch by Terrence, which we've come to expect. Um, Dak looked good. 103.8 quarterback rating. Um, he had a couple I passes. I think this is what was... you're going to see from him, man. I really yeah. do. He had one that was almost picked. Other than that, I thought he was pretty good. He was flawless, obviously, in his first eight snaps or whatever it was he took in the previous week. But I think that's what you'll see, that that, that touchdown to T-Dub. You know, I don't think you'll see a lot of just Tilford dimes dropped in over people's heads and, you know, these crazy catches. But I think you'll see a lot of kind of little grind plays like that, little broken plays out of the pocket, um, you know, just doing playing to his strengths, which I'm perfectly content with that this team can lean on that run game for the majority of, of their offense. Yeah. Um, and, and Rod Smith, uh, you know, he, he didn't bust off big chunks of yards, but they moved the chains. Um, they got down the field. Like we said, they, they kicked a field goal. They scored a touchdown. They did have to punt once. Um, but you know, for, to, to have four drives and have scored points on three of them um, will certainly, certainly take that. Um, and I saw Dan Bailey field goal, which made me feel a little better about life. That was excellent. It's good to see, good to see five kicking them straight. I will certainly, I will certainly take that. Um, let's stick with offense for now. Ben, sure. who did you see on offense that you liked out of the ones? Oh, well, I did. As, as we said, I mean, I, I thought Dak, you know, did um, – exactly what we've come to hope and expect from him. Um, that was great. I saw a little bit of Michael Gallup uh, go. He looked, he looked just fine. I was quite too. happy with that. I was too, man. I like this kid, man. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be just a stat stuffer or anything, but I, I think he's got some game. He had a really nice third down snag. That's um, the one I was going to mention is, uh, and actually he had two uh, third down snags that I liked. There was one on the first possession uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He just ran a quick slant, got got open. Dak, he was actually Dak's third read, um, and we saw Dak look long. It wasn't there. Look meet intermediate, and then just hit the quick slant to get the first down. That's exactly what you want Dak doing. Um, and then on the drive where they scored the touchdown, uh, we saw Gallup with a another slant pattern on the far side of the field, and that's the one that really impressed me because man, that was a hands catch. Um, oh, that was nice. I mean, that was Gallup uh, full extension. I've been texting right in hands. that one. Yeah, it, 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 Gallup looks like exactly kind of what we what he was advertised as, which is, um, you know, he's not going to be burning people. His athleticism doesn't jump off the screen, um, but he's a route technician. He has a very extensive route tree, and he can catch everything. And he catches well in traffic. Um, on that last one, uh, he had two defenders right in his neighborhood. Dak squeezed one in there, uh, and Gallup you know, caught it like you teach a, a kid in peewee football to catch, you know, hands outstretched balls put where only he can get to it. He snags it, pulls it in, uh, gets an extra yard and falls over the line. Uh, it's just a great, great preseason for Michael Gallup all around. I think that the time he spent with Dak Prescott in Orlando, the time he spent with Dak Prescott in Frisco, uh, and obviously the time at Oxnard has really paid off. They seem to be developing, uh, some chemistry, which you'd love to see, especially with the departures from the receiving core this off season. Uh, man, I, I I love Michael Gallup so far. He's he is exactly what we needed out of a third round receiver. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, for the rest of that, I didn't see honestly a whole lot of anyone pop to me goat um, on the on the offense. You know, I I thought Rod Smith. You know, you, you kind of touched on him. I mean, he he impressed enough. He had I think a little nineteen yard uh, uh screen pass that he turned in. I mean, he looks like the solid backup to Zeke. Um, I think there's no doubt 
you know, moving forward that when the season begins, he will be the spellback to Zeke. You know, for a little bit, I thought maybe Spo or even Darius Jackson could compete with that, but I really think uh, they like Rod and, and his game. So, and, um, and you know, he does really a lot of things cool. similar to Zeke. Um, that so they can run kind of similar offensive packages, whether no matter which one's on the field. Um, there was a great play where Dak was about to get hit. He managed to to pop one over the blitzer's head. Uh, to Rod Smith, who then took it, I think about 15 yards. It was a good little scamper. Um, Rod's Rod's great. He's got good hands for a running back, and he can move after the catch. So Rod looks really, really good. Um, and I'll highlight both running backs, man. Darius Jackson had a hell of a night. You know, he did, and I was going to pose this question to you. I think it'll probably be more appropriate after the third game, so I'll save it, but I'll tease it now for you to, to kind of think about is – I almost think it'll be impossible for them to take four running backs into the full roster. So if it appears for sure, we're going to have Zeke and Rod Smith is, do you like Jackson or Bo more? I just want you to, I want you to, 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 that thought to marinate for you, but you can, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a couple of those. I've got a couple of those coming up later in the show for you on the agenda. Okay. So we'll, okay. we'll mold that for, for the moment. Um, sure. did you like yeah, anyone, Darius, uh, anyone else? Or you can uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I was just going to just give, give Darius a stats real quick. Darius had six carries for 42 yards, uh, had four receptions for 22 yards. So 10 total touches came away with, uh, you know, 64 yards. Um, you know, not sh- too shabby at all for kind of the limited action. Um, Darius has really had a good camp and man, he really showed up in this game. And now he was playing, you know, not the starting D. Um, but Definitely very, very good show from Darius Jackson. So we will definitely touch on that. The last person I wanted to highlight, this guy didn't have um, anything to write home about, but it's just nice to see him getting involved. Alan Hearns uh, had a couple catches uh, during the game. Um, and, th- you know, again, this offense is not going to have anyone that's putting up insane numbers in the receiving core. What, what I liked is that Dak spread the ball around. If we look back at 2016 when Dak was really effective, um, our receivers almost got an exactly equal number of targets i looked it up it was like cole got 93 des got 87 witten got 87 um you know it was very much equal distribution across all these different receivers um last year uh des got about 140 targets uh and no one else broke 70 so it was wonder a little bit what that pivot was and i know des missed a few games you know dex rookie year um, but I do, I am a little curious on that. Cause to me, the, the big drop off was Cole and I've never really had anyone explain to me why his numbers and people no, try I, to say he saw different coverages, but that still looked like he was drawing more doubles than Cole was to me at least. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Um, you know, the, what's weird is you can, you can almost find analytics that will tell any story you want. Um, yeah. it's the old, you know. Hey, uh, ice cream kills kids. Well, wh- why do you think that? Well, it's because I have these stats that say that drownings go up when ice cream sales go up. Well, in the summertime, people swim and people buy ice cream. Um, so you can find stats that'll tell you any story you want. But um, the fact is that that the Cowboys in the games that Des Bryant was not in the game uh, in the Dak Prescott era, the Cowboys' offense has been more balanced and has been more successful. Um, now that's because Teams don't know where we're going with the ball, which will definitely be the case this year. And that's because there's less perceived pressure to get Des the ball. Like Des isn't 
yelling for the ball in the huddle or um, it might be just be how Linehan calls the game differently when Dez is or is not in the game. Um, there's really no telling. It could be a combination of all those. It could be none of those. It could be dead luck. But um, it will be interesting to see kind of what the result is of this team losing Des Bryant and will that have a, uh, a negative effect, which a lot of people, you know, we were very vocal about that. Um, but there are significant voices that think that, that there will be uh, not because of who Des was, but just because of schematics, uh, there will be somewhat of an addition by subtraction effect. Um, so it'll be interesting to see for sure. Um, but like I said, Alan Hearns, uh, he caught two catches for 13 yards, both uh, at pretty key points, um, really spread the ball out. Dak hit six different receivers uh, in his three possessions, which is, that's what you want to see, spread the ball out. Um, over the course of the game, um, you know, the Cowboys hit passes to you know double digit receivers, um, so that's that's excellent. That's what we want to see, given kind of the attack that the Cowboys are going for. And I, I continue to see what I saw in the first game, which is that our receivers were getting separation, which is what you want. Um, you know, last year we had we were crying it from from the hilltops. We can't get separation. Where's the separation? Uh, and this this time around, um, and I don't know if it's because it's preseason or what, but the schematically our receivers do look like they're running better routes. Um, and it does appear that they are finding space, whether it's in zone or they're coming off of man coverage uh, enough to get balls in their hands, which is what's going to make Dak move the chains. And once you throw Zeke in the mix, that's going to be really effective. Yeah, I, I, I like what I've seen from the ones on the offensive side, Goat. So let's go ahead and flip to defense. Um, defense I am very excited about. Me too. I was going to say, honestly – you know, I, I didn't have that many people offensively, you know, starred for for um, an impressive night. But defensively, there are a few guys go who who caught my attention. Let me let me start out macro, and then we'll go micro and go to players. Sure. Um, defensively, uh, the Dallas Cowboys defense played the starters played the entire first half. Um, in that first half, the Cowboys gave up a total of ten offensive yards. Eight passing, two rushing yards. They gave up zero first downs. They were they forced the Bengals into a zero of two third down conversions and committed zero penalties. Time of possession in this first half was 11 minutes and 28 seconds for the Cowboys, three minutes and 32 seconds for the Bengals. That's pretty damn dominant, Ben. It's pretty good. I liked, oh man, the starters had... had had nice nights. I mean, you know, we, we have continued to see growth on that side of the ball in this early preseason. Um, and as a unit, they just look, they just look like they're flying around out there. Um, we did see a, a couple takeaways again, a crazy one goat. Um, that was by far the highlight of the first two games. And that this was is the best. This is the best play I've seen by was, a Cowboys DB in my life. Dude, this this is my boy who I've been chirping on since we took him in the second round from Colorado, and that is Chidobi Awuzie. And he had this ball where he goes up, looks like he's maybe beat, you know, the receiver behind him, and he just jumps up with one hand and just plucks this ball out of the sky while falling backwards. There's there's a hundred things to like about this play. Um, one, 
the the receiver does have a step on Cheeto, but if you notice when you rewatch the replay, Cheeto checks over his right shoulder to make sure the safety has that receiver in coverage. So not only does just Cheeto's doing a couple things here. One, the coverage is still there if he doesn't make this pick. If the ball goes right over the top of his fingers and drops into that receiver, there's still a chance it gets either broken up or the receiver gets pushed out of bounds um, for an yeah, incompletion. Like a, maybe it looks like a little cover too, but exactly. He, he just flies up there, man. I mean, he the, the ups on this guy, man. Just pure athleticism. He goes straight up, tips the ball to himself, and falls down, catches it on his chest. Falling. Just beautiful. Be- I mean, this is what, you know, he wear- he switched numbers this offseason. He's now wearing 24. Uh, Claiborne's gone, so about we got that. number 24. I was gonna, how do you feel um, about him stealing your are you, you, can you bring the 24 out of retirement I'm, now? I was, I was thinking about it today. What are the what are the logistics of me putting a nameplate over the Claiborne <laughs> that says a Wuzier? Because, I mean, that's cheaper than buying. But then I thought every jersey I've ever purchased has then jinxed that player into being terrible. So I'm going to let Cheeto do his thing. And I'm going to leave 24 in the dresser and just enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, Cheeto had a great night all around. Um, the pick, he was tight in coverage. Um, Byron Jones looked great, too. Um, yeah, he was my second. I liked he, his- bl- he blanketed A.J. Green. Uh, A.J. Green ended up with one catch, uh, and that had to be a perfect ball from Andy Dalton. And even then... Uh, Byron was draped all over him. There was another time when Dalton tried to squeeze one into John Ross. Um, Byron got in there, popped the ball up. Almost another pick for Joe Thomas on that one. Um, so Byron is just looking top, top tier at corner. And, I, and I'll tell you an extra little funny anecdote about that. Today at a press conference, um, you know, a big, until the, the Frederick news dropped, the big question on the, uh, like swirling around this team has been who's going to play safety? Woods is injured. Um, you know, who's going to play safety? Who's going to play safety? Is it Earl Thomas? Um, and someone brought up, you know, okay, well, can we have Cheeto or Byron play corner? And uh, Chris Richard stepped in in for Rod Marinelli and just looks looks like kind of like a murderous gaze out of the, re- the reporter and goes, Cheeto is a corner. And he's like, <laughs> well, what, about, what about Byron Jones? He goes, Byron is a corner. <laughs> and then just steps back to his chair. I was like, damn, I love this guy, dude. He's the best. Um, so. I think that's probably both their best fits. I'm okay with seeing it at safety. Hell, we've seen Jones basically be our starter there for multiple years and been. I'd rather have two great corners than one good corner and a, a decent safety, to be honest with you. I know. I know. Uh, you'll get more Jeff Heath, who actually had a good game, Goat, for what it's yeah. worth. But- dude, Jeff Heath went out there and played a game. Um, he had a great tackle for loss. Um, you know what, you know, last year, Jeff Heath, according to pro football focus was the 18th ranked safety in the league. Um, not amazing. Can't be right. I mean, he had a, he had some picks. He won a game by himself. <laughs> like he, he took out Derek Carr. He does. I um, say he's loses us a game every year and he wins us a game every year. As, you know what? I'll say this. And we were laughing about it earlier today. You know, there's an article that came out that was like ranking safeties by best value for contract. And Jeff Heath was number one. No um, freaking way. Do well, I buy that? the dude makes no money, and he's the 18th. You know, the 17 safeties ranked better than him make money. 
I mean, Jeff Heath is an undrafted free agent, and for an undrafted free agent, Jeff Heath has done pretty goddamn well. I gotta say. Hey, yeah. If you want to put a qualifier on it for undrafted, yeah, I do. I'm gonna, of course, I'm gonna put a, a qualifier on it. He's not, he's <laughs> not good compared to Eric Berry. Like, of course not. But no, he's fine. I can't, I can't, I, I shouldn't rag on him after a a decent performance. But there will be games if he plays all ninety percent of defensive snaps. There will be games where we get on this pod after and absolutely call him everything but a child of God. That's absolutely. So there's there's a couple other guys we have to mention. Um, I don't even think we've talked about the best player on defense from this game yet. Um, no, we'll get to him in a second. But first, oh. do, do you hear do you hear that sound? Chuka 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 chuka. Oh, it's the Jalen Smith hype train pulling into the station yet again, Ben. <sighs> Are I you know. ready to jump on board the Jalen Smith hype train? I just, uh, it's getting harder and harder not to. First it's of all, he comes out to a reporter and is just like, they're like, oh, what's your goal this year? And then he's like, we're going to be the best defense in the league. I'm just like, oh, Jalen, tell them, tell these peasants. Two, Jalen just flat out balls so hard now because he can run full sprint. We have this great play where. They hand the ball off, uh, and the Bengals hand the ball off, and Tank Lawrence just collapses the entire right side of their line. Like they're a mess. So the running back's running away from that. He gets out to the sideline and meets Jalen Smith, who just pushes him out of bounds. A couple plays later, they're on third down. Quarterback's about to get killed. They dump a pass out to the running back coming out of the backfield, who gets caught by Jalen Smith and just ragdolled into non existence. Yeah, they're forced is, to punt. Uh, he hit a he hit a pop. Um, I love the swipe, dude. When I see Jalen swipe the ground, I get hyped. Uh, I'd say this: he looks far faster on the field this year than he did last year. Um, that's the most exciting thing for me. He, hopefully, I mean, you know, we've talked about him multiple times. He was highly, highly touted before his injury, and the only take. concern that anyone ever had was, can he come back from that injury? So. Sizzling take, Ben. Jalen Smith will be the best linebacker on this team this year. I'm burning from the degree. He will assert the throne of General Lee, I, which shouldn't be his nickname, by the way. I find that just weird. Well, Snake Lee. like that. Yeah, it is Snake Lee. You're right. You're right. Okay. <laughs> Snake Lee is still going to ball, and he's playing at least 12 games. That's another hot take, but... Jalen is going to legitimately make a Pro Bowl. I'm telling you, I'm excited about him. I'm not on your hype train yet. I'm excited. All right, I'm saving you a seat, though. I'm okay. saving you a seat, okay. though. And uh, right. can I get to the guy who undisputably yes. had the best? Give us the, give us the defensive MVP for this game. And it was get your tacos ready, Taco Tuesday, Charlton. with a Man, this is a guy we doubted, Ben. This is a guy we doubted. I've always been patient on him. I would like to say, Cowboy fans, I've been you were, a voice but you, of reason. But, uh, okay, right it's not fair to say we doubted him, but like the fan, the fans, well, the fans never. This, this guy him. caught hate, dude. This guy caught the second he was drafted. People were like, "This guy's a bum. He's never going to be good." <laughs> we should have taken T.J. Watt. <laughs> Yo, if you want any of the Watts anywhere near this team, you're, you're just wrong. It's not even. It doesn't. It's not even about them being good. Okay, Can plug. Whatever you're listening to right now, take your headphones off and throw take off them your, away. Take off your Walkman. 
Unplugged. And never listen to this program again. You get your sports news elsewhere. Take off your Walkman. Remove the Fort Minor CD from it. Throw it out the window. Go splash water in your hair to take off the frosted tips and burn all your tap out t-shirts. Rip okay. off your I stand for the anthem bumper sticker. Oh. <laughs> I know you probably have like an I stand for the anthem bumper sticker next to a bumper sticker that has like an AR-15 that says come and take it on it on your like giant lifted truck even though you live in the suburbs. But seriously, the Watts are terrible and you're terrible if you love them. So that one's for you. That's shout out Lane Broadway. Shout out, baby. One time. Okay. Uh, Taco Charlton, though, back to... Oh, my God. Man. Amazing game from this guy. Three tackles, one of them a tackle for loss, a sack, and a forced fumble. Almost had the recovery, too. Um, also, on the sack... Good. On the sack, he gets held. Like, they call holding. He just powers yep. right through the hold and sacks Dr- Jeff Driscoll like it's no big deal. <laughs> Jeff Driscoll. Lol. Um, he, also forces an, he also forces a false start on a stunt. So... Taco's just flying around out there. He has a beautiful strip on a tackle that causes a fumble that Byron Jones recovers. Um, Taco just, if he plays like that, man, people are going to be real scared of this line. And um, I mean, we almost named like half the starters, but it really is hard to say in in limited play that the ones looked really good, Goat. Um, When a defense gives up 10 offensive yards, and limits another team to three minutes of possession. I mean, that's, you know, there's going to be a, it goes into a, and you know, it goes back to an old maxim I've heard from many football experts, much wiser than me. If you have a special player at every level of the defense, you will have a special defense. And the Cowboys are getting dangerously close to having that. The line looks incredible. The linebacker core looks better than I've ever seen it. And the secondary is starting to show signs of being something to to write home about under Chris Richard. Yep, I uh, I'm good with all that. But uh, as any preseason game or any Cowboy game you've watched, with the good comes the bad. Andy, whose stock was down, or who whose game did you not like? Actually, let me let me let me preface it this way and go into saying that as good as the ones looked. For the second straight week, the backups in general looked just trash. Super trash. Um, Blew another lead that the ones had given them. Um, Didn't really ever look like they were competing or competitive at any point in this. Um, So there's a whole lot of bad to go around here, but you can can comment on the twos as a whole and then give me me, uh, the first name on your your concern list. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. uh, Just – for so the Cowboys score that touchdown with 8:42 to go, they go up 10-0. Um, after that, it's a the next drive is three plays, negative two yards and a punt. Then three plays for six yards and a punt. Then three plays for negative 12 yards and a punt. Then two <laughs> plays for 14 yards halftime. Then five plays for 10 yards and a punt. Three plays for negative four yards and a punt. Nine plays for 48 yards and a field goal. Four plays for nine yards, turnover on downs, three plays for six yards and a punt. That is giving me terrible flashbacks to November of last year when Zeke was out. You're talking about four possessions of negative yards, dude. Um, Against backups, you know, and obviously it's backup, backup, but boy, 
they did not look. I mean, I didn't see a single person flash from the twos. Oh no! I mean, well, I mean, Darius Jackson was fine. Darius Jackson looked all right. We'll talk about my boy Rico in a second, but <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Go on, yeah. <laughs> but okay, uh, let's start uh, offensive line, backup offensive line. I mean, what is there? Okay, let's just start with the with s- and public enemy number one. Chaz fucking green. I don't even understand. Oh, like, man, he did this guy win a contest on the radio <laughs> to be in the NFL? Like, is he someone's nephew? Is his is his real name like Chaz Green Jones? And it's it's that goofy kid, that goofy Highland Park kid, like trying to play offensive line in like a fat suit. Is that what's going on here? Because like this guy, I mean, he does it all. Penalties, getting just flat out beat blocking his dude there's a play i sent you that screenshot there was a play where he snapped and was pushing his own guard in the back he was blocking <laughs> one of our own linemen like the first snap mike white had when he came into the game uh to relieve one cooper rush <laughs> resulted in Chaz green getting beat so hard that mike white i, I mean had no chance no quarterback would have a chance on that um I, the first thing I read on LineGoat when I uh, started reading this, because I was actually on vacay for the listeners out there. Um, I was in Galveston, so I had the beach. I was out on the beach. I had uh, I had the game on, but I, I wasn't able to watch it as intensely as I normally would have. So most of my research has uh, come from articles and clips I've seen. But the first thing I read when doing that, I actually saved because. This is what was written about Chaz Green. <clears throat> Just when one thinks Green's reputation cannot sink any lower, he goes out and disappoints even more. <laughs> <laughs> that that is the sentence Dude. describing right. He's got to uh, be done. The NFL experiment with Chaz Green's done, right? He doesn't make the roster this year, right? I mean, you say that, but now we like we have questions on the offensive line. Like, but I mean, he that, can't give you anything. No, and but you know what I will say: the Cowboys have this weird thing where if you are any if you are any better than twenty percent worse than a guy they bring in off the street and they <laughs> drafted you, I'm serious. If they drafted you, no, you have didn't. to be so much worse than some random guy Dude, they will for hold them to you, cut you they will hold on to you forever and i don't know if that's an ego thing or if it's just like the way they evaluate they really fall in love with guys when they evaluate them and so they always see it through kind of you know rose tinted glasses or whatever but dog this the Chaz green thing i mean i honestly that should have been an alex Barron situation where he doesn't get on the plane back from atlanta last year but he had he they gave him another camp Good on you guys. You did. That's totally charity in my opinion. And it was a total disaster. This dude is straight up awful. I feel bad for Mike White. Not so bad that I won't tell you that Mike White looks like hot. Straight garbage. Um, Every time I hear Mike White, by the way, can I just say this? I think of White Mike from The Wire. And so I always, whenever I see him on the field, I just imagine White Mike's face and a guy who – Wears a chain and drinks strawberry soda and <laughs> wears an oversized hoodie and like th- bounces a tennis ball around and sells crack. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, 
Hey, so let me just up. say that's my perception of of White Mike. Well, he's not doing anything to dispel that. Okay, <laughs> like I, I, if if you throw one cool pass, I'll I'll attribute that to you instead. But you have not done that yet. So that looked atrocious. Um, Bo Scarborough, man, this is a guy that I want. I'm rooting for Bo. Man. Well, he was big. We upped him last. Uh, not yeah, this and, game, but the first game. Yeah, and man, Bo Scarborough had four carries for negative two yards, and then he got hurt. And then he got a hip injury, um, you know, and in the meantime, Darius Jackson went out there and averaged seven yards a carry. So I, what looked like now, again, they drafted Bo Scarborough. In the so my gut tells seven? me they're going to, yeah, but they drafted him and they didn't draft Darius Jackson. So my gut tells me there's a chance they keep Bo Scarborough and let Darius walk. Yo, but, I'll, I know we're going to spit it. I just want one quick thing on that. I did hear Nate Newton um, discussing this and he basically said whichever one of those guys can play better on the special teams that's yeah. who he would take dude nate newton loves him some skill position guys that'll play special teams boy howdy <laughs> he loves nothing more and some big uglies man some big oh. uglies oh when when the big uglies are out there he just wants to be on the sidelines just looking next to him at nikki spagnola being like oh he playing bro um Another guy, Andy, who did not have a great uh, um, game to me on the O-line was rookie Connor Williams. Struggled again. <sighs> did um, not look good. He was against Geno Atkins on the other side, who, to be fair, for Cincinnati is an all-pro. Um, I-, I will say his struggles bowler, were, but- were less blatant than last week. Um, last week he got blown off the ball and gave up a sack. Mm-hmm. And and this week it was more just like standard mediocre to bad play. Um, I don't know if that means he's progressing or, uh, but yeah, Connor continues to kind of slowly learn the position in the NFL at that speed. That's fine. Uh, you know, I, I, I worried about it less when I knew he'd have Frederick and Tyrone next to him, but you know, we'll, we'll see, but it was worth mentioning. Um, you mentioned Bo, uh, there's one other defender who who flashed last week who did not this week, and that was uh, Dorrance Armstrong. Yeah, um, kind of a be, no-show. Kind of a no-show. You know, he had such an electric week. I mean, he was buzzing on a lot of, you know, Cowboy Twitter and, you know, all those beat writers were talking in, but uh, he just didn't show up this game, which is fine. You know, and, but, and this isn't a good or a bad showing, but I'll mention another D-end. Um, okay. You know, Randy Gregory played his first snaps of real football in yes. almost two years. Um, you know, didn't get a lot done. Uh, there was one play where he 100% would have had a sack, but it was a false start on the offense. Um, so that I felt bad for Randy on that one. Cause it would have been so great to see him mm, get a, get a sack. Cause he, Cause he beat, he beat the guy bad. It was a great rush. He faked like he was going inside and then just beat him around the edge. Uh, he was about a foot away from the quarterback when the whistle blew. Um, it was, it was rough, but, uh, it was just, I just think it's great to see Randy out there. I think it's really good for him to be on the football field. I think that's where he belongs. Um, and you know, hopefully we'll see a a similar climb back. Uh, you know, we'll see him fully return to form. Um, you know, this is as good a spot as any, I'll say this, Ben. Uh, so you, you know that I'm a, I'm a junkie on watching practice on keeping up with what's going on at practice. Um, on, this this whole week, uh, back at the Star in Frisco, where they've been practicing in at the home facility, 
um, people were commenting that uh, they've they've kind of started to finalize, you know, who's going to play on, you know, which unit, the first, you know, first team of each each unit, offense, defense, um, and a, one, the defensive line was switched up a little bit, and. Uh, John Machada actually went and talked to one of his sources on the team, and they said that the ones that you see out there for these last couple of days, that's who they plan on starting week one. Now, what's interesting about this, Ben, is that the defensive line that they had out there was the two ends were Tank and Randy Gregory, hmm. and Tyron Crawford was at D-tackle. Interesting. Which means that... Week five, we could be seeing a defensive line that is Tank, Crawford, David Irvin, and Randy Gregory. Now, I'm not saying that that's the best defensive line in the league, but that's the best defensive line in the league, my man. It'll be tough when Taco has 10 sacks by week five to have him. Dude, imagine the rotation, though. We're just going to be so loaded. Like, I mean, Gregory sacks you twice. He finally gets out of the game to take a breather. Right. He's not conditioned yet. Taco goes in, hits you twice. Then oh Tank's God, coming off tank. the other side. We've been we've been buzzing about the DBs. The best unit on this defense is going to be the front four, not seven. That, I, the front I, four. I believe that. I, I can I can buy into that. I'm still a little high on the linebackers. I think that the combination of Lee and Jalen is going to be ridiculous. But I could easily see the Hot Boys doing work. Hot boys, God, take hot boy so season. Uh, it's gonna be sweet, man. So uh, that is those guys. They looked incredibly good. Um, Do you have anyone else, by the way, on the the bad side? There's I really one. didn't. Um, we did have some injuries. Uh, There's one more name I wanted to to touch on. Bad, oh, hit it. No injury. I don't want to linger here forever, but uh, your boy Jordan Lewis did not have a stellar showing. In fact, yeah, that nickel corner spot, dude, Jordan and Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown's been a, a penalty machine. And Lewis just seems confused out there. Um, you know, Lewis was a guy that looked really promising last year. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if he caught whatever happened to Anthony Brown or Anthony Brown looked <laughs> super good as a rookie and then fell off the planet last year, but they both have just looked not very good. I mean, don't get me wrong. Three years ago, they would have been the two starting cornerbacks of the Dallas Cowboys. They would have been the two best secondary players we have. Um, but, you know, in this new age of having decent guys at the, on the secondary level, uh, they both look pretty bad. And Jordan, you know, particularly because of all the, the high hopes people had on him coming in, it has not been great. Yeah, he had a bad P.I. He got beat pretty bad on the play, but it was A.J. Green, so I'm going to give him some slack there. But he just didn't look good. I just I just made a note. Um, we also had an injury in the secondary that could come back to haunt us. Uh, Xavier Woods uh, hurt, pulled a hammy going for a an interception. He almost had a pretty clean pick, which would have been nice. Um, and then earlier, he, had, he did get a really – like just bone busting hit over the middle. Uh, unfortunately he hit Byron Jones uh, and almost <laughs> took him out of the game. So not great. Um, but yeah, Xavier's going to be out for a minute. There's some concern. He might not be in for week one. That's a hamstring strain. He's going to be, I don't think he'll play week one. That's four weeks. I would guess. No, I, I agree with you. Um, so there's been, you know, renewed cries safety, for, for safety. Andy yeah. The universe is 
colluding. A lot of collusion in the air. We man. got a Seattle Seahawks safety on the squad. Go. What what number does he wear? Number 29, baby. What? Oh, how did I not see this? I figured my, my everything would have lit up. Dude, I mean, is it Earl Thomas? Uh, well, no. It it, it was not Earl Thomas. Uh, oh. It was, it was Earl Thomas's backup for the last few years. Is Cam Chancellor? No, no, it wasn't Cam Chancellor. Um, <laughs> uh, but... It was. Was it Stephen Payne, the guy that went to our high school that played safety for the Seahawks in the Super Bowl? No, it was. It was. It was. Uh, it was Jerron Johnson. Jerron Jerron Johnson. Yeah, Jerron the, the the third string safety from the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know the one yeah. with uh, the one with like twelve total tackles the year that they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, he, he played, though, five seasons. <sighs> well, okay, yes. Um, I'll say this. He he knows Richard's system. I mean, I guess that's better than, like, I can't think of anything that's better than, but I'm sure it's better than something. <laughs> you just know that when they don't even read your stats and they just say played five seasons. With- that's such a bad sign. And that is um, a bad sign. But yeah, he's wearing 29. I think they did that just to fuck with us. I think the Cowboys are. I think it's bait. Playing with that. Or I think they're like, is well, it? If no, if they're like, if no one wants to wear number 29. We'll then. see. I don't, we guess we already got your safety. Hmm? I'll say this, Ben. I got, some, I got some renewed evidence on the Earl Thomas front. Well, let's hear it. First of all, everyone out there, you're going to say I'm crazy, but that's what they always say about geniuses. All right, think about this, Ben. What year did the stock market crash? Like recently? 2008? No, no, no. Before that. Like uh, the Great Depression? Yeah, 1929. 29, yeah. All right, who was the worst human that was a receiver on the Cowboys last year? Terrence Williams, Bryce Butler. Oh, a human. Okay. What number did Bryce Butler wear? Um, that's a good question. What was it like? Nineteen. Nineteen. What did we do with Bryce Butler this off season? We cut him. We got rid of him. So take nineteen off of nineteen twenty nine, and you get number twenty nine. Okay. Who's number twenty nine? Earl Thomas. <laughs> Fat. <laughs> yeah, sheeple. Wake up. It's right there in front of your face. They are toying with us. They oh. know it's going to happen. All the signs are there. It's like please one of those my, movies. Please go to my website, InfoWars.EarlThomas. Where you don't know who the killer is, and then after you watch the movie, you're like, of course. I see it now. All it's of like this- now when you watch Sixth Sense, you're like, of course Bruce Willis is dead. Have you noticed that no one interacts with Bruce Willis except for the kid? They don't even look at him, obviously. But seriously, you can see this and other uh, evidence in the 19-hour YouTube documentary that I produced. Uh, It's called The Earl Truth, and it can be found on my website, infowars.earlthomas.com. Why Earl Thomas will be a cowboy and how that's related 
to the earth being flat. <laughs> also 9-11. <laughs> but that's in, that part's in parentheses. Uh, but yeah, Earl Thomas needed more than ever. What we heard this week is basically that it all comes down to Seattle wants a two, Dallas wants a three. That's it. We want to give up a third round pick. They want to. They want a second for him. It's going to be who blinks. First. I'm a little surprised that they haven't got this done. It seems that he wants to be here. It seems we want him. We have the draft capital to do it, and he would definitely fill a position of need. And not only that, we have the cap room to do it. So I guess my only question is why have they not? You know. Part of me thinks that like this team just doesn't value safety that much. Um, safeties are going for pennies right now. We didn't take a shot at Honey Badger. We didn't take a shot at Vaccaro. We haven't taken a shot at Earl Thomas. The Bengals released their five-year starting safety this last week. No interest there. It might just be that the Cowboys are thinking that Woods and Heath are good to go. Um, I did read something or heard something from David Moore. Um, who covers the Cowboys, and he said that they are just apparently that sold on Xavier Woods and that if Earl Thomas comes, that's whose position he would be taking since Earl is more of a free, and then you'd have Earl and Heath, which at least you'd have Earl. But I guess they don't want to take Woods' snaps. My only problem is we've seen Earl do it. We don't know if Woods can, and – I don't know, man. I, I find it very... It just fits too well for me. Like He's played in Richard's system. We're, we're using their defense. We have a young secondary that needs leadership. Earl Thomas is a top-tier leader. He's a perennial really all-pro. good this year. Like It's not like you're going to be a bottom... Like You don't make this trade if you think you're going to be uh, picking in the first 12 picks of the draft. Right. But you don't yeah, man. think you are. You're in a position no. to compete. I don't know. We'll see. Stay tuned for more Earl Thomas news. Um, yeah. Um, so Ben, one last thing from the game before we move on to other things. Um, you know, the, there are a couple players on the Dallas Cowboys that the fans are always begging to see. Uh, Randy Gregory is one of them. The other one is a former Baylor basketball player. You may have heard of his name's Rico gathers. You familiar with this guy? A bit, just a bit. Well, let me tell you, Ben, he used to play basketball. Okay. I don't know if you know that about him. They don't really mention that in the broadcast very often. That's weird. You know, Antonio Gates did too. Shut up. Do you know that Jimmy Graham did? No, dude. Next, you're going to tell me Tony Gonzalez did. Just get dude, the fuck out. Check of this out Colt McCoy and Jordan Shipley, their dads were friends and they no. were roommates. Get out of here. And their sons? Dead serious, dude. That's nuts, two, bro. Two white guys that play for the same football team hung out. I know. Wild. But Rico gathers, he's been a guy that there's been all this controversy around this dude. He should be, you know, there's tons of people that this guy should be starting. He's so such a playmaker, six eight, so athletic. Um, and then you see highlights where like this dude can't block anything. There's just been a lot of going back and forth about this, and there's a lot of anger right. about our, our coaching staff can't figure out a red zone package. She's a six eight basketball player who can dunk on everyone. Um, and so, to, as if just to stir up the pot, 
Uh, as the game is winding down the other night, Rico Gathers pulls off just a I'll give it to him. It's a stupid highlight, dude. Like he mosses, he it, dude. Yeah. mosses this guy embarrassingly. It's not like it's a 50 50 ball and he pulls it out of the guy's hands. Rico reaches over this dude. This ball's going to hit this guy in the face mask. And Rico reaches over him and just pulls it like vertically over his head and then r- runs five more yards. Um, it's, it's a really, really good catch. It's awesome. Um, and so the the debate is renewed. Uh, adding to this debate, on Monday at practice, Rico Gathers ran with the first team for the length of practice. I mean, I guess at this point, figure it out. I mean, he's hitting his third year. You know, people keep wanting to compare him. You know, I made the Antonio Gates joke to Antonio Gates. Um, I will say Antonio Gates heading into year three already had over 100 catches in his career. So a little different, but um, – you know, but let's see what we got because, you know, I, I brought up the running back one, and I'm sure you're going here, is you're not taking four tight ends. Into well, and that's season. that's the thing, man. It's like it's not it's not even necessarily all about how good Rico is. It's a, it's a roster spot question. Yeah. Do you keep four tight ends? Taking, and you're maybe taking three because, I mean, Swaim's going to be there for sure. Swaim's there. Then you got the rookie Dalton Schultz, who may or may not. Blake Jarwin, who's played more than – anybody else yep and then rico rico who i guess this guy just can't block can't really block doesn't have the best football iq i guess is the best way to put it in a cliche um you know he makes a splash play and he makes great splash plays i mean you remember last preseason he was making these stupid 60 yard highlight catches and stuff um He's he's an he's an athletic freak. I'll give him that. The dude can move, and he can catch the football. Um, it does kind of surprise me that that they aren't just keeping this dude as like a, you know, a red zone threat. Um, it, you know, there are certainly packages I could think of where you just like this guy. All his job is to do is catch the football. Um, but yeah, it's. It's interesting. I think you know my gut tells me that we're going to see a lot of Rico on Sunday night against Arizona. I think this is going to be the make or break game of Rico Gathers' career. Well, I mean, we got to see because he's not. I don't think you're practice squading him again for a third year. Um, I don't think he makes it to the practice squad. To be honest with you, I think Cowboy fans, yeah, are really nervous that this guy's going to go out and shine for somebody else the way other tight ends have. I'm not as convinced of that, but I see why people get hype is because he makes the sexiest plays of any of the tight ends because he's the most physically gifted of any of them. I mean, hell, the guy led Baylor in career rebounding. You don't luck your way into something like that. So we'll see, man. Uh, I mean, I'm all for it. I just – I don't – if he doesn't make the squad, it won't hurt my feelings. But I know I don't share the pulse of the 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 the, the young Reddit cowboy watchers. So uh, indeed. So let's let's dive right into um, since we're on that debate of like a roster spots. Let's let's run down. I have a couple of these. Quarterback, keep three. No, just two. You just want to go Cooper and uh, old Dacky Dak. Yeah, I think you're you're I done am. with the Mike White experiment. I'm not. I mean, you took him what fifth round. I mean, 
if he makes it to your practice squad, great. If not, I don't think you're giving up a future all pro. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Running back. Bo, Darius, both? I would love both because I don't think – I think both of them get – either one of them would get picked up by a team. Uh, I am leaning toward Darius, even though I was a big Bo guy, only because I think he's a more complete player. I don't think Bo is really a special teams guy. But I wouldn't mind Bo at that token. But I would yeah. lean Darius right now. I got you. I feel, you. I feel the same way. Uh, and then last on the list was, was tight end. Do you keep four? No. No. Three tight Three. ends. Yeah. Okay. That is a uh, and and you also mentioned something I also want to bring up, Ben, which is some of the, sometimes Reddit can produce some funny comments. You know, on occasion we've been known to get on Reddit. Internet. We we do we we lurk, and and every once in a while we we will text each other some funny things that we find on on the Reddits. Um, and we decided this week we're going to start a new segment. It is called The Best of Our Cowboys. <laughs> Get hyped for that. This is for you, uh, our older listeners who may not participate in Reddit. Um, essentially, it is a subreddit or a what you can call a forum of just Dallas Cowboy fans, and they'll post some news of the articles. Worst Dallas Cowboy fans that jokes. exist. And the age population range, I'm guessing, is fairly young, as as all Reddit pages. It and seems so, like both. It seems like both very young and very old. Like it seems <laughs> yeah, like weird. fifty year old guys that only like the white players, and then like fourteen year olds that like just suck, kind of. So I'm just gonna read you three comments, Ben. It's gonna be light this week. I, I put these together in the last couple of days. These are only from the last forty eight hours. All right, this first one was from a thread that this guy wrote. This is the thread itself. The thread was titled, A Couple Thoughts on the Cowboys. <clears throat> Our safety depth is as wide as Jeff Heath's foot, and Rico's going to get cut with a trash-ass tight end three and Jarwin being our first string. <laughs> WTF. We will see again this year that the only damn thing keeping us from another ring is Scott Linehan. Half the time, <laughs> I'm scratching my head thinking, does this man even watch the NFL? If we cut Rico, let it be proof that he doesn't have a fucking clue how to run an <laughs> offense in today's league. I don't care if Rico can't block anything and gives up every block he's out there for. Oh, good, good. The man, cap all caps, makes plays. You know how you win a football game? Make plays certainly not by blocking anyway yeah no there's no blocking in football this guy plays touch apparently <laughs> so that's great this dude's amazing it's good also like the the make or break for this our coaching staff should be whether or not they keep rico gathers <laughs> like okay i'm gonna go ahead and give that on the hilarity um certainly crazy um, I'm gonna give it a six because we've seen some shit I, give, that, I was man. gonna give it a seven but okay, okay seven's fair all right, next one. This was a comment. Uh, I don't really remember. I should I should start receiving the context of these, but I'll just read it as is. LOL, bro. Our wide receiver because you know you know a thread's uh, or a comment's good. good when the guy starts with LOL, bro. Like he's like laughing at you for your comment. <laughs> LOL, bro. Our wide receivers are gonna suck so bad this year. 
We're going to miss Bryant and Butler so much more than people realize. Dak is honestly trash. And if you think he's not awful, just watch and see. Because this season will prove what I've been saying for the last two years straight. All caps with periods in between each word. Dak fucking sucks. <laughs> all right, that gets an 8 of 10 for the ending. 8 of 10 for the ending. First of all, we are not going to miss Bryce Butler for shit, my guy. Okay? Bryce Butler is... The only opinion worse than that is people who think Bryce should have taken Dez's snaps last Yeah, okay. Year. Seriously, you're awful. Two, you were really, in 2016, you were saying that Dak sucks? I don't believe that. All right? I should have gone back in your comment history, but I, I didn't have a ton. And then, Ben, this is the best one. I found the best one. People are seriously underestimating Cole Beasley. With locker room cancer, Des Bryant finally gone. Parentheses should have should have happened two years ago. <laughs> he won't be spending half of each game worrying about one of his teammates throwing a temper tantrum on the sidelines. Don't be surprised if Cole has 120 catches and 1,200 yards this year. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Dude, that is like <laughs> Marvin Harrison with Peyton Manning numbers. Like, dog, what does Antonio Brown have? One hundred and twenty <laughs> catches. Like, he's if he does, he's the one. I mean, he like, probably does because he's insane. But no, no way, dude. Dude, this is. I wish we still had the one save that was about the last year when they were talking about Heath, and the guy was like, Heath's gonna have seven picks. <laughs> Five forced fumbles and 120 tackles. All right. No one had 120 catches last I year. I doubt it. The record. Yeah, like Jarvis 100. Landry had 112. The year before that, the league leader was Larry Fitz, who had 107. Dude, is it the, the record was Marvin Harrison with like 133 or something? And it was retarded. Actually, in 2015, uh, Antonio Brown and Julio tied with 136. Okay. But well, still, that, that would be the best receiving season in five years. Like, and it's from Cole Beasley. Catches. Good God. Get a hold of yourself. And, dude. bro, if you have 120 catches, you better have more than 1,200 yards, my dude. Like, yeah, what is he, Jason fucking Witten? <laughs> yeah, there? what are we doing here, man? Come on. Get it together, Cole. <laughs> Stop putting out mediocre rap albums. Learn to get some yak, my guy. Okay, if uh, assuming, so, assuming he played in every game, right? And had 120 catches. That would be seven and a half catches a game. So that means he's at least seeing nine targets a game for Cole Beasley. I just don't foresee that, my dude. And that's on the super, super high catch catch a, a target rate. Yeah, I mean, no, there's there's almost no way that's happening. Oh, uh, um, but I was good. I like the locker room Des Bryant, who should have been cut two <laughs> years ago, as if two years ago coming off of. Even that year where Tony and Dez got hurt, everyone's like, cut fucking Dez. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, hell yeah. Hey, here's a here's a cool stat, Ben. Uh, Cole Beasley in his career, I'm looking, I got to look up one more real quick. Especially since we had just paid Dez, so we would have taken a max penalty for that. That would have been smart. We would have been like, you guys will see. <laughs> Cole Beasley has three career games with more than seven catches. So... Okay. He's really going to crush it next year when he gets 16 of them in a row. 
God, if only Dez wasn't there to steal all his catches, dude. It wasn't really about stealing his catches, dude. It was mostly just about like Cole would be the about to make, Cole would be about to catch involved, <laughs> and he'd be like, "Oh, Dez is so upset. I'm yeah. gonna drop it. <laughs> I just can't yeah. handle all this drama." <laughs> I wish Dez would stop yelling on the sidelines. <laughs> I'm going to go make a rap song about this. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Bryant. Can you please calm down? I don't think we need to get so upset during the football. It's supposed to be fun. It sounds like my mom at Thanksgiving when I'm yelling at the TV. It's supposed to be fun, Andy. It's supposed to be fun. Oh, those are good. That segment. Uh, that, we're going we're gonna to continue that because they only get worse as the season goes on. Um. So yeah, Ben, that that was it for that. The what, last thing I wanted to touch on was we do a little bit of around the league every once in a while. Ben, was there a certain receiver during the draft that we said uh, was going to ball super hard? Uh, there was, there was, there was, there was. What was his name again? Uh, without a shred of doubt in my mind, it was one James Washington from Oklahoma correct. State. Second round, 60th overall pick. This kid went out the other night Five catches for 114 yards and two touchdowns, including a straight-up highlight real catch. Uh, I'm not saying that me and Ben can tell the future and that we're the best draft scouts in the But we're saying time. Connor Williams is trash, and we should have James Washington right now. We should be watching <laughs> Derwin James and James Washington, <laughs> the James boys, the oh, James Younger so gang, as I like to call dude, them. Dude, yes. We should be watching these guys ball out in cowboy uniforms, and instead we're watching LVE Marvel at a real big building with electric lights, which he's never seen before because <laughs> it's from Idaho. And it's very crunch, mint very crunch. But seriously, he's been a disappointment thus far. I'm not super stoked. Two, Connor Williams. I mean, that could be good, and especially with where we are with the offensive line now, I'm glad we drafted someone. Yeah, it's always good to take players off of a Texas team that barely makes. <sighs> Well, uh, Ben, I mean, I know they went uh, five and seven last year, but they are preseason ranked number like There's 17 23. or something. Yeah, 23. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, don't worry. All they have to do is beat a shitty Maryland team with its team exposed. I'm sure they'll jump into the top 15. Ten bucks says they beat Maryland like 27, 24, and they're like headline on ESPN. Texas is back. Uh, I will take a bet right there with anybody who wants to add us on Twitter that there will be a Texas is back sports center teaser slash headline on the first game that they win. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, one last segment, man. Got some okay. listener questions. Oh, okay. So guys, obviously if you ever have, if you ever want a question discussed on the pod, feel free to hit your yeah. boy up, hit us on Facebook in the man. comments. So I got That's a whole a bunch of them. Song. I want to, I want to spread them out over the course of a couple episodes, but I'll 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 take a cool one. Um, these are some over unders from one of our fans. Um, so I'll give you I'll give you a, a stat. You give me the over. You give me over or under. All right. Again. Again. Rod Smith, five hundred yards rushing. <sighs> he had two sixty three last year. I'm gonna go under. I think 500's a hair ambitious. I think you can do it. I think we're going to run a lot. Uh, if he is 500, I think something happened to Zeke. 
But Zeke's going to have 2,000, <laughs> and Rod's going to have 500. That's what I'm saying. You can't have them both. No, watch me. Okay. Uh, okay, that's fine. I say under. 24 and a half touchdown passes as a team. Over. Over. I like it. Ten and a half wins. Ooh. Putting it really on that dime. I love to say a 10-win team. I'm going to say a 10-win team. I'm going to go under. Mm, so 10 and 6. That's your official pod prediction? Yeah, I was last two weeks. I was on 9 and 7. I was more pessimistic. But I'm more optimistic now. Even Man, the I, I, was, I was sitting pretty at an 11 and 5. And then now with Fred, yeah, I'm I'm hovering between nine and seven and 10 and six myself. Um, Three and a half pro bowlers. Well, Fred out, who's guaranteed. He may not be out, but I'm going to say under. Really? Yeah. I think we'll have have three total pro bowlers. Yeah, it'll be Zeke, Martin, and, and... Tyrone. No one on the D is making the Pro Bowl. <laughs> no Sean Lee, no Tank. Tank's You're not right. making the Pro Bowl. I'll go. Fine, he talked me into over. I'll give between one or Tank or Lee will make it. If Lee's let me, healthy, let me for give sure. you the Pro Bowlers on this squad right now. <laughs> Zeke. Yes. Tyron. Yes. Martin. Yes. Dak. Maybe. Lee. Yes. Jalen fucking Smith. Maybe Tank, maybe Rico, okay, Randy Gregory, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rico, Obby, Cole Beasley with 120. <laughs> oh, dude, Cole Beasley. <laughs> uh, the Cowboys are actually being awarded a Pro Bowl spot for the lack of Des Bryant because of cancer <laughs> should have been done two years ago. And Heath, <laughs> oh, the goat. All right, and then the last one, Ben. This is not an over under, but this is a cool. This is a, a cool one that was part of that same question that was sent in. Uh, do you remember that Pepsi sweepstakes a couple years ago, where a fan that won got to call the first play of a game? Uh, yeah. If you won Ish. that for the Cowboys, what would be the first? What would be the play that you called for the first play of the game? And then what would be your call for the first third and medium of the game? Mm, that's great. First call of the game, take it back to NCAA football, which I grew up on, and that is a four birds. Four birds? <laughs> Hell yeah. We're I, balling it. First play okay, of the game. I like first it. play of the season. Just straight Mike Vick, just Monday night football, <laughs> just go. Okay. What about third and medium? Third and six. Third and six. I need some more context. Oh, first is third and six of the game? Yeah, it's just your first third. And, it's just third and medium, so I guess it's like third and four. Oh, give me a little. Um, give me a little Michael Gallup slant. Slants, okay. but Michael Gallup is your first look there. Cole in the flat. <clears throat> I'm going either. First one's hard for me because part of me is just like do straight power O with Zeke because I just want positive yardage if I only get one play so people will think I'm cool. Um, but part of me is also like, yo, play action, bake the hand off the Zeke, Tavon on, on the Bizom. Third and medium. You don't want a naked bootleg, the, the old first down uh, uh, special for dude, Scott. Jarwin Wagner. screen, dude. 
I'll tell you this. On on third and medium, I'm going the Zeke screenplay. He he houses that on the regular. I on that was always with that I'd gallop. You know, I would maybe do a naked nah on third and long. Third and short. I would naked bootleg that shit for Dak. He'd love so those are the, so those are fun, man. And we've got we've got some other ones saved up. Um we can do some more of those next week. And like we said, guys, we will, we will, we will. Seriously, <laughs> send us more questions. We love doing questions. Um we love hearing from you guys. We got some cool we got some cool ratings and reviews this week on the podcast. I'm very excited Ooh, about those. You guys are being, I live for that shit like an you Instagram guys, model. You guys are the best. Um we cannot tell you how awesome it is. We reached eleven hundred plays. This week, which is a huge deal for us. When we started this, we really didn't think anyone but our friends were going to listen to this. Now tons of people that we don't know are listening to it, which is amazing. Um, you know, thank you so much. We we could not do this without you, literally. Um, so please feel free to continue to tell your friends about it. Share it on Facebook. Um, and as always, guys, if you, if you have a moment, please, please, please rate and review on iTunes. Um, like we've mentioned before, the way that the algorithm works on iTunes, all it gives a shit about is ratings and reviews. So even if you just want to get in the review and be like, y'all suck, but you want to give us five stars, that's totally fine. Um, so yeah, that is that is kind of all we have for this week. Ben, any final thoughts? Uh, No, I uh, know we went super long this week, guys. So thanks if you made it this far. In one listen, you are a warrior. If you made it in a couple attempts, I still love you. And uh, you know we'll be we'll be back next week. I got nothing. Yeah, and we'll get we'll be back next week. We got a game on Sunday night against the Cardinals dress rehearsal game. You're going to see a lot of the starters play the whole first half, so that should be awesome. We we'll have a lot to talk about, and hopefully Ooh, we'll have some goat. more news on. Uh, hopefully we'll have some news on on Frederick, and hopefully it's positive. Stay strong, big guy. Maybe yeah. Stay stay head up, Fred. Um, and maybe me goats will share our uh, fantasy teams. Everyone loves hearing Ooh. about fantasy teams that aren't their own. So, <laughs> hey, spoiler alert: mine is almost all Dallas Cowboys because I'm Pat that Holmes. guy in my league. Pat Holmes, holla at your boy! Hell yeah! All right, well, guys, that is all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm Andy Catelli, Benjamin Walker. This is Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy.